Hi, friends. This is Michael Byers, writer and producer of Mary from Michigan Saves the World. Stay tuned at the end of today's show for a note about our schedule for future episodes. And now we bring you Mary from Michigan Saves the World, the story of one young woman's search for truth in a life of peril, fortune, and fate. Mary and her friends, the trusty Angela Devereaux and the charming John Cowan, discover a note inside the mouth of the strange automaton known as Francine. The note directs them back to the deadly nitrogen chamber where the mysterious medieval tapestry lies, alongside an ancient mummy. Inside the mummy's mouth, Mary discovers a key, a key she believes she knows the purpose of. Now in the nitrogen chamber with Angela, we hear Mary say, It's a key. And I think I know exactly what it's for. Come on, Angela, let's go. Wait, Mary, the mummy. What? It's just, it looks strange to me. Do you know where it's from? No, I, I've only ever seen it in here. That jaw you broke off, I want to look at it. Oh, Angela, it's, it's not. It's not a real mummy. Oh. Oh, that makes me feel better. But then what's it made of? Because it's definitely old. Oh, it's paper mache or something, but, oh, it's so light. It's like, but wait. Look, you can, with two fingers, you can just flip it over. It's hollow. Look, it's just a shell. Mary. (gasps) This is where, this is where Francine was hidden, in this mummy shell. Oh, how strange. And Mary, look, you're tangled up in the edges of the mummy. Oh, blue and silver threads. That means... The mummy must have been wrapped in the tapestry, which means the tapestry and Francine were together. So if we can find out where the tapestry came from... Oh no. Come on, Angela. John? Mary, I think someone's in the museum. I heard a door close. Okay, we're done. Good, let's go. Probably they won't think to look down here for anybody. Not for a while. Crap! Let's hurry. Angela, down this way. The fire door's out here. Our masks. Oh, uh, yeah. Never mind. Uh, we'll just have to bring them. Mary, what was in the mummy's mouth? It was a literal key. To another storage unit? I don't think so. I'll show you when we get back to the car. Out this fire door. Okay. Phew. I'm getting a weird sense of deja vu, John. Uh-huh, you don't say. There's gotta be video cameras everywhere in there. Oh, yeah, yeah. We're definitely busted this time once they look at the tape. Well, at least you can claim it was your evil twin, Julia. None of my brothers look anything like me. Oh. <gasps> There's people coming out of the Scarab Club. Yeah, just walk naturally. Angela, you get in the back with me. I want to investigate our little robot friend. (laughs) Into the car. Nobody is watching. You know, I can't believe I never thought of that before. I'm the youngest. All my brothers are huge jocks. My mom was a total hottie. I wonder who it was. John, watch what you're doing. Nobody's following us. I think we got away with it. Angela. You said these things could move, right? These automatons? Most of them. When they were new, anyway, a lot of them could walk. Where's that key? Here, look. I bet this key works the mechanism. That makes sense. Now all we have to do is figure out where to put it. (laughs) That's what he said. (sighs) Angela, any ideas? Not really. Plus, I think probably whatever mechanisms she had to begin with are pretty corroded by now. 400 years is a long time. Yeah. Uh, Let's turn her over, though. Maybe there's someplace on her back like a wind-up doll? Look, her dress unbuttons. Oh, oh, careful. The fabric's so delicate. These buttons must be made of bone or ivory. Oh, hmm. That's the body of the mechanism, her torso. It's made of wood? 
Just like a big block. Nothing like a keyhole here at all, huh? <gasps> she's hollow. But she's so heavy. The gears, maybe. I guess. But she must weigh 50 pounds. Let's turn her over. Can we get this dress off her? I think so. Gently. Oh, this is so against all my principles. Okay. No keyhole on the front either. Wow. Look at how her legs are joined. And the knees, these metal hinges and rods. It's pretty cool. It's like what the Terminator would look like if Leonardo da Vinci had invented him. Given him a wooden box for a chest. And the head of a little girl. Yeah, that's more Tim Burton, I think. I don't see anywhere to put a key. Yeah. So what's this the key to, then? I don't know. Angela. Her mouth. Where the note from Mr. Barker was. Okay. Let me... We need more light. Let me get my phone. There. Aha, <gasps> uh -huh, look! The roof of her mouth. A keyhole. Okay, that's amazing. Should I... Should I do it? Definitely. I think you have to. I gotta pull over and watch this. <sighs> okay, Angela. Hold my phone so I can see. Turn it. Okay. Something's... It's coming loose. Oh. Whoa. Her head is starting to open. Like split down the middle. Oh, there's something in there. Hold the light up. I think I can just pry these halves apart. Oh, sorry, sweetheart. Oh my god. <gasps> okay. That is a human skull. That is, that is a human skull sitting in this doll head. What on earth? That's a real skull. That is not fake. Yeah, no, that's, that's real. What? Angela. Um... Yeah? Tell me, you have some idea of what this is. It's a human skull inside the head of the most famous missing mannequin in the world. Got it. So... Yeah. Actually, you know what? Yeah, look. There's writing on the, the forehead. Oh, it's, I mean, it's really faint, like it's in Latin. Please tell me no Latin. Ah, uh, no. Let me see. Parvula Cartesi Fuit Hayek Calvaria Magni Exuvias Religuas Gallica Busta Tegunt Sidlawas Engini Todo Diffunditur Orb Mixtaki Colicolis Mens Pia Semper Ovat. Well, that settles that. Huh, let me just okay, type this into good old Google Translate. Cartesii, that must mean Cartesian, like Rene de Cartesian. Oh my gosh. What? It says this small skull once belonged to the great Cartesius. The rest of his remains are hidden far away in the soil of France, but all around the circle of the globe his genius is praised, and his spirit still rejoices in the sphere of heaven. Does that mean? I think, I think this is Rene Descartes' skull. <laughs> I really did think we were just going on an errand, like to pick up groceries or something. But what on earth is Rene Descartes' skull doing inside an antique robot? Well, where do you think it should be? Yeah, I guess one place is as good as another. Can you, does her head go back together? Yeah, I think so. Um, let me see. Yeah, there, wow. You can't even see a line where the two halves meet. If you didn't have the key. You'd never know you could open it. Huh, but Mr. Barker knew. Well, he must have. That's why he put the note in her mouth and the key in the mummy's mouth. So we'd think to look there. Oh, boy. But if whoever it is who took Scott doesn't... You're right! If David Price doesn't know about the key, then maybe he doesn't know about the skull. So maybe we can give Francine to him after all, and he'd never think to look. Oh, he'd find it eventually, I bet. Plus, he seems to know what she is. 
And you know, she's gotta be more than just some weird repository for Rene Descartes' skull, right? I mean, if she's the key to it all, if she's so important, well, it's just a skull, right? Unless... Unless there's something else inside her. Which is why she's so heavy. Inside that box, her torso. Yeah, but it's totally sealed up, look. And no keyholes or anything anywhere. Yeah. I really don't want to break her open. Not yet, anyway. Okay. Let's get her dressed up again, back to normal. So when we go meet with David Price, he won't think we know anything, and maybe we'll figure out what to do when we get there. Almost midnight. I've been sitting outside Mr. Barker's house for two hours. Nobody's gone in or out. Are there any more of those fries? You finished them an hour ago, John. Yeah, but sometimes there's, you know, more fries. There are no more fries. Well, I mean, there are these fries, but I'm saving them for Scotty, so I'm not going to eat these fries. John, it's going to be okay. I, ju I just hope he's not scared. Remember when he broke that window in Jillian Fox's trailer and... Yeah. He just, he just gets so upset. We'll get him back. I promise. I know. I, I know you don't want to give up Francine, but... I promise I'll think of something. It's probably time for you guys to head in there. Yeah, okay. Angela, you still okay with staying in the car with Francine? Yep. Okay, John. Let's go. Let's get our friend back. Mr. Price! It's Mary Marshall. Ah, so it is. My goodness, yes. Please come in. Where's Scotty? All in good time, my young friend. Please, come. Sit. In this lovely library. Would you like a drink? No, thanks. Mr. Barker did like his scotch. Pity about him. He was such an interesting rival. We just want our friend back. Yes, well, you wouldn't think I'd bring him here, would you? But you said... Where is he? Ah, first, I would like to learn a little bit about you, Mary. About what you think you know. I don't know anything. I don't understand what's going on at all. I don't know why people are getting hurt and dying, and I have no idea what my sister has to do ah, with this. Ah, but you do know about Francine. Just, oh, one of my friends thought she figured it out. The friend out in the car, you mean? The one who's supposed to be guarding our precious item right now? Don't you dare go oh, anywhere near- she's perfectly safe, for the time being. I really have no interest in hurting anyone, believe me. That's not my side of things. No, I'm more in acquisitions and planning, you know? The sort of thing a museum board member might plausibly do during his day job. Whatever you're up to. Whatever sort of crazy religious thing you've got going on. Ah, not crazy. Not particularly religious, as it happens. At least not on my part. Some of us, yes. Some of us take a more spiritual view of the whole shebang. Me, I'm more of a practical man with more earthly taste. If you don't give us back our friend right ah, now. Ah, yes, your friend it is a few blocks away from here in the trunk of an unlocked Pontiac Bonneville. He's perfectly comfortable for now. But before I tell you exactly where that particular car is parked, I would like to ask you, my volatile young man, to leave the room and leave me alone with my old friend, Mary Marshall. Oh, if you think I'm do gonna- Do it, John. Just do it. But Mary- John? For Scotty's sake. You disgusting old man. I'm going to make you pay for this. Yes. And what makes you think I won't enjoy that as well, my friend? Ugh. Shout if you need me, Mary. I'll be right outside. I will. Now, Mary, where were we? All those weeks ago, before you knew about any of this? We were on the train. We were. 
I know what you want. I'm sure you do. You look appealingly messy tonight, Mary. As though you've been running around desperately trying to figure out what on earth has been happening to you. Sweating. Ah, oh, yes. You don't mind, I hope. All your clothes just a little damp. And behind your ears, that sort of tangy scent. Hair and oil and sweat and... Hair is damp as well, isn't it? And the hairs on your arms. Look. Just do what you're going to do. Oh, I will. <laughs> you get off on twins, I guess? Twins? I'm sure you've done this to my sister, too. Your sister? <laughs> Just one more thing you don't understand, Mary. You poor, innocent, so very soft and... <laughs> No! I thought we killed you. Stop! Get your hands off me. But who are you? You won't want to miss the next chapter in Mary from Michigan Saves the World when you'll hear Mary say... Papa, listen to me. I need to ask you a question. Hi again, friends. Michael Byers here. Thanks for your continued listenership. I hope you're having fun listening to Mary from Michigan Saves the World. We're certainly having fun making it all happen. Just so you know, we won't be back on Monday with a new week's worth of shows, but we'll be back very shortly, within a couple weeks, to continue Mary's adventures. In the meantime, keep an eye out for the live versions of episodes 28, 29, and 30, which we recorded this past Tuesday here in Ann Arbor at Zingerman's amazing Grayline event space. We had a blast, and for everybody who came out, thank you. And we'll be doing that again soon. For now, allow me the privilege of telling you that this week, Mary from Michigan Saves the World has featured Eva Rosenwald, Lauren Bass, Ted Gibson, and Catherine Banks as Mary Marshall. Music by Pamela Meisel. Your announcer has been, as always, David Zinn. Scripts and direction by me, Michael Byers. And I invite you to tune in next time for the continued story of Mary Marshall's search for truth in a life of peril, fortune, and fate. This is the Empire Podcasting System.